Gail Trotter, a conservative voice for you, right inside our nation's capital. Legal and political analysis. Gail Trotter, hear the truth from right inside D.C. It's Gail Trotter, stomping through the swamp for you in heels. Now, The Gail Trotter Show. Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of Right in DC. Today we're going to talk about the presidential campaign that's this, going on this year and how the Democrats are doing. My view of the Democratic presidential candidates is that none of them are inspiring. They have such a weak field. And we saw that with Hillary Clinton in 2016, she was the inevitable candidate. And she had that surprising challenge from Bernie Sanders. No one would really expect Bernie Sanders, a Democratic socialist who wasn't really even a part of the Democratic Party, to go so far in his contest with Hillary Clinton. And yet we see Bernie is back again in 2020, trying to take on this very large field of Democratic contenders. But in assessing the messages of these candidates and their engagement with supporters and the enthusiasm or lack thereof for each of these candidates, it seems like the Democratic field is very weak this time. It's interesting, there was this op-ed that I'm gonna to link to down below that talks about some of the problems that the Democratic Party is facing in this presidential contest. contest. And the title of the article is, Iowa Caucus Disaster Proves the Democrats Still Don't Know How to Beat Trump. And the article goes through many of the problems, not just with the Iowa caucus, but also with the general chaos as it is perceived in the Democratic Party. Outsiders of the Democratic Party feel like the Democratic Party and its politicians and supporters, they hang together very well, that they tend to come up with a message and stick to the message and really press forward with it. But we're seeing a lot of chaos in the contest between the different candidates at this point current point right now. Uh, we're seeing a lot of calls for the chair of the Democratic National Committee, Tom Perez, to resign after the disaster that was the Iowa caucus. We're also seeing that there's been a lot of pushback on the Democratic National Committee for changing the rules in the middle of the contest to benefit billionaire Mike Bloomberg. And particularly Bernie Sanders supporters have been upset by this because he is very big on not taking money from corrupt interests. And he's advantaged by the number of individual supporters that he has. And Mayor Bloomberg can fund his entire campaign himself several times over. And it's more uh, ability to insert himself into the Democratic field rather than there is a lot of genuine support for Mike Bloomberg. And Bernie Sanders supporters are very upset about this. And it is interesting because you have an issue of fairness. Is it fair to try and change the rules and have it come from on high in the middle of the contest? It's like changing the rules of basketball in the middle of a game. And I think a lot of people who are independents or looking outside the Democratic Party are wondering why a party that says that they're for the underprivileged and for the weak people rather than the powerful and connected, I can't 
tell you how many nickels I would have if I had one for every time Hillary Clinton talked about the wealthy, the well-connected, the powerful. And so changing the rules midstream to benefit Mike Bloomberg seems to be a repudiation of one of the supposed values of the Democratic Party. We're also seeing the impact of the impeachment. The Democrats were really uh, thinking that that would hamper President Trump, that they would disadvantage him through uh, culling through his supporters and through all of his personal information. And yet we saw that this really had a big impact on Vice President Biden. People thought that he would be the inevitable candidate because the poll numbers showed that he would be successful in a one-on-one -on -one contest with President Trump. And yet so much came out through the impeachment hearings and all the reporting on it and President Trump's tweeting about it and information that came out about Vice President Biden's son, Hunter, and his uh, ability to be on a board for this Ukrainian company, Burisma. And I think when you look at the impact of the impeachment, it had this very negative uh, repercussion for Joe Biden and for his campaign, so much so that it bled into some of the reporting by the mainstream media. You might remember Joe Biden snapping at NBC's Savannah Guthrie. Uh, there are many examples of videos where Joe Biden is asked by supporters about this and he has an oversized reaction to it, which leads uh, fair and independent people to think, well, why is he reacting so strongly to it if there's nothing there, if there's nothing to be worried about? And yet it goes back to that other point I was saying, too, when the Democratic Party puts its value out there as being for people who are disadvantaged, for weak people in our society, and then you see how much Hunter Biden was benefiting from his relationship, his familial relationship with Vice President Biden, it kind of undercuts the fact that the Democratic Party and all these presidential candidates are trying to make the case that they're really for the underrepresented. I think it's also very interesting, I, I want to link down below to this other article which talks about the technological capacity of the Democrats and the title of this article is, It's Stunning How Far They've Fallen, Iowa App Farce Shows Democrats Tech Slump. And this is a really good article talking about how the Democrats came up with this app for the Iowa caucus when a Google spreadsheet would have done the trick. And when you look at President Obama, he was always lauded as being a tech guy, and he had a very advanced technological approach to the presidential campaign. But when you dig into the facts of the history of his campaign and their use of technology, President Obama has been faulted for keeping that to himself and not really investing in the National Democratic Party, but instead keeping that information and power and capability and technology to himself. Uh, we also saw after President Obama had been lauded so much for his technological advanced abilities and his team, we saw a giant fail through the healthcare website, through the Obamacare website, 
that the government spent a ridiculous sum of money on and it didn't even work at first. And so that was a lot of egg on the face for the Obama administration. And we're seeing that in contrast with President Trump and his team, they're investing in the Republican National Committee. They are getting all the technological support that they need to go forward with their campaign. I think everyone who looked back at the 2016 campaign realized that President Trump was able to communicate directly with the American people, with the American voter, and particularly with his supporters and critics through Twitter. He didn't have to go through the mainstream media to get his message out. He put it out there directly. So the mainstream media could distort his message when they reported on it, but if you wanted to know what President, what candidate Trump said, you could go to the source and you could see it right there. And he went on so many different shows, he was really able to get his message. So if you were not even a 24-7 consumer of news, you could get little snippets of him talking and catch things that he was saying. And so President Trump and his campaign, they have really uh, capitalized on that and, and they realize how important technology, social media, uh, all, all of that in order to target and get out the vote, which is the key part of any uh, political campaign is getting out the vote. So it's very interesting that this article details how the Democrats have fallen behind in the technological aspect of political campaigning at the same time that President Trump and his campaign are making progress in that. And uh, there was a quote in this article by Kara Swisher, who is the editor-at-large for the technology news website Recode. I believe she was also previously at the Wall Street Journal. She had this quote, about a persistent myth that the Democrats are the party of the internet generation, intuitively embracing the whole aptastic AI-centered, who's got the VR headset future better than the Republicans. And uh, there was this idea of President Obama being tech forward, a guy who hung out with Silicon Valley leaders like the former Google chief executive Eric Schmidt. And Swisher says that her opinion is that Obama was only sort of a techie. And he really didn't change it to the extent that he has been given credit for. And Swisher makes the argument that the right has been more clever than its rivals in exploiting ever-morphing tech to influence vast numbers of people with targeted, with targeted messages. And so we're going to keep following this through the 2020 campaign season to see who's right about these theses. Is it that the Democrats have fallen down on the technology? Is it that the Republicans have figured out that's where it's important to play, to be strong in this area? Or is it all just uh, efforts, but nothing is really going to be this really future-focused effort on the technology grant? But I also have a thesis for the 2020 presidential campaign. If the Democrats are as weak as this article alleges, not only in technology, but also as I say with their field, that they have such a weak field that they don't have anybody with an inspiring message that really makes people feel uplifted and proud to be an American and, and 
with an eye to the future, with a respect for the past, to build on what was right about the past, to discard what was you know, ill-advised about the past, but to, to inspire people not only to get out and vote, which as we said is so important for political campaigns, but to inspire that enthusiasm. What is gonna happen? Well, my thesis is because the Democrats have such a weak field and they have started off the entire caucus and primary process so badly, we're going to see the opposite, the negative ramp up. You're going to see a negative ramp up by the mainstream media who are the allies of the Democratic Party. And you're going to see, I mean, you think that it's turned up to 10 against President Trump now, it's going to be turned up to 11. You're going to see the Democrat politicians like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, they're going to do everything they can with the power that they have in the legislative branch to put pressure on the Trump administration. And you're going to see, I think, these efforts to intimidate Trump supporters too. Um, online, in uh, personal interactions, and I think, I believe, and this is the point that I want to make to you, and we'll see if it's true or not, I think it's going to have the opposite effect on Trump supporters. I think they will see that the Democrats' largest value is power, and if they don't have someone who can inspire them as Democratic voters, then the Trump supporters will see that it's all about an issue of wresting back power from President Trump and from his agenda, and that is not going to inspire anyone. And I would like to pay close attention to this over the next few months to see if they continue to launch these just vicious off-the-hook attacks. I mean, you might think that you can't do something worse than calling someone a fascist or a Nazi, like all everything else we've seen about President Trump coming up with movies that talk about assassinating Republican presidents, all these crazy things that we have seen the left do over the last few Republican administrations. But I think that they will do it. I think they will take it up to 11 and it's all comes down, it all comes down to they want to regain power so that they have more power over the economy, they have more power over our individual lives, and they're not going to give up on that just because they have a weak field or because they don't have the technology that they need to be successful in this presidential election. So let me know what you think. Do you agree about where the Democrats stand in the presidential contest right now? And what do you think about my argument that we're going to see the efforts to hurt President Trump and his supporters turned up to 11? This is Gail Trotter, right in D.C. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. And listen to her show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show. You can handle the truth.